0: I mean, I, I made a mistake, and uh, I, I've already apologized profusely to Nick, but our beer choice this week is a <laughs> hasty one made by me in the moment. Went to this brewery, um, Structures, here in town, and was going to pick up one called Juice on Juice, which I think Nick's mentioned on the on the podcast a couple episodes ago, but he had kindly purchased um, a four-pack and said, hold on to this. Uh, we'll drink it for an episode in the future, and I was <laughs> cleaning out my fridge by drinking all the beer in it, and got <laughs> drunk and was like, "Ooh, what's this cool looking beer?" and drank it. Um, uh, but apparently I wasn't the only one. This can's yellow
1: like a banana. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I also had one of my juice on juices because it was a four pack, so I kept two. Um, and yeah. I had had one, uh, which. Uh, since we're not covering it, I'll give the the brief rundown. It's a double IPA, uh, but it's the most like juicy and flavorful of the ones that I've had. So it was a little bit bitter, but it was fruity as well. So it's definitely my favorite double IPA that I've enjoyed so far. I was a good
1: boy and didn't drink mine.
2: Oh yeah. But I I guess now I can. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Now you're, you're set. You'll very much enjoy it.
0: But, um, yeah, I, I, they had run out, you know, that they, they do a lot of like limited run small batch beers. And so I was looking at the rack uh, of everything they had in their fridge and they've got some expensive, like I almost just grabbed one. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go off the label. And one of them was a four pack for $42. Ooh. Jesus, It was like this like special BI, to be honest, I don't remember what it was. I was like. I bet Whoa, it was a barrel-aged like, something. Probably something, yeah. but I mean, I I almost got it. But then I saw this. I saw um, this interesting can, because you guys know uh, how, how smooth-brained I am. I, I see can, <laughs> and I buy it, and I go, oh, there's a baseball zombie man on there. And that's the only reason that I grabbed it. So I grabbed the beer. I check out. I call Nick and I'm like, "Hey man, I'm down the street. I'm sorry, I drank juice on juice. Like, this will be an audible. You can you can take my pick and and we'll swap. So um, it's called Junior. And so I texted Zach and, and and Nick and said, "Hey, this is this is it." And uh, I immediately get w- like not walls of text, but furious text from Zach. Like, "Oh my god, it's Ken Griffey Jr.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah." So, apparently, we accidentally got uh, a beer based on Zach's favorite baseball player.
1: Yeah. Favorite athlete ever. Yeah. For those who don't know me, I have the number 24 tattooed on my arm for a reason. So, and it's not Jeff Gordon. No. (laughs) I think it is Jeff Gordon. Yeah. I tell people that, and they're like, really? And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the uh when Nick told me, he's like, Yeah, I got we got this beer, it's called Junior I or what did he say? He said we got a junior beer. I was like, Are these like small cans? Like why what <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking they were like little four ounce cans or something. <laughs>
0: Welcome to episode 37 of the Cohops hops podcast. Uh, joining me this week, as always, we have the Co-Hops crew. Nick. Hi there. Zach. Hello. And Garrett. All three of us are here this week. We're ready to talk about games and drink some beer. Um, I think that Zach will talk a lot on this episode, maybe not necessarily about games, maybe <laughs> a little bit about the beer, but about um the beer namesake for sure exactly so um (laughs) bearing the lead a little bit we talked about it uh nick why don't you tell us about this beer
2: yeah so uh our friends from oregon including chip who's been on the podcast uh they came by uh for a hero clicks tournament recently and did a tour of a lot of the breweries in town
1: I think they said they got to eight of them.
2: They got to eight of the 14, which is pretty wild, uh, given that they were here for like three days. And uh, so they they found a favorite, or at least one that they liked a lot, uh, called Structures, that is uh, pretty close to the heart of downtown. Very easy for me to get to, at least. And uh, they're a really small, small brewery. Um, like Garrett mentioned, they do a lot of like small batches, limited time stuff. And uh, I wanted to feature something from them. Um, there was a... I can't remember if it's called Rusted Gold or Golden Rust, but... I think it's Rusted Gold. That sounds right. But there was a hazy that I had. I, they, they described it as a wheat IPA, but apparently it's the same thing according to Chip. And um, that was fantastic. And Juice on Juice, like we mentioned, also very good. That was the one that they kept talking about... Uh, they polished off the tap the night before uh, we went there together. And uh, so I wanted to feature something from them. And given the circumstances, uh, Junior uh, it seems to be one of their sort of flagship beers. And uh, I look forward to uh, to trying it. Uh, it is a session IPA, which means that it has a lower ABV, so you can drink more of them in one session. So you can just have it be your beer while you're sitting there drinking a bunch of them um and uh it's brewed with amarillo and Simcoe hops built for summer
1: it's got a really low ABV; it's only four percent
2: yeah, yeah the, i thought it was the, five but yeah four
1: the the bartender and this is pulled from
0: last year's four, instagram four, post
2: 4.8 according yeah. to the can so, it's uh, very so five. this
0: this is that was from last year's like instagram post um structures doesn't have like information about their current beers on their website yet but um, I was able to find this off of an old Instagram post. So, yeah, this year's is almost 5%. And the bartender was like, oh, my God, this is the best beer that I think that we brew. Wow. And he was like, uh, it's like almost 5%. And you can just sit there and you can like actually have a couple. He goes, most hazy IPAs or or most IPAs that you'll drink that come out of the Pacific Northwest are like, I have one and it's like a gut buster. You're like, yeah." Ugh. I don't yeah they're like seven yeah. percent yeah um you know or they're so so he said this is easy this is drink like very very drinkable um and you can have like three or three or four is what he said yeah <laughs> and be just <laughs> fine
2: yeah and i should also say the people at structures everyone that i've communicated with is super nice um it was funny when i was closing out um uh, when we went there with the uh the eagles the Uh, portland crew after the tournament i uh i was talking to the uh the bartender just closing out and uh she said as i was leaving see you tomorrow which is (laughs) ambitious but i i like the i like that style (laughs) <laughs> did you follow
1: through nick did you go back the next day uh
2: i did not i actually still haven't gone back i tried to go a couple days ago to see what they had uh before garrett went uh and they are not open for very long so they weren't open when i stopped by and i thought eh, i don't think i care enough to go back and I'll they start.
0: also have they play awesome music and i just found out that they actually sponsor shows at the show at um almost the show box at the showdown uh, shakedown shakedown, shakedown. shakedown. Yep. Yep. I keep thinking about Seattle, but yeah. Um, so I'm gonna actually go to some of those shows because I really like their taste of music. But
2: that's yeah. cool. Uh,
0: I made the mistake of saying that I was with the Oregon guys when I uh, came in <laughs> for my first time, and it was it was two ladies bartending, and and they were like, "Wait, you were them?" It's like, uh "Oh, what did they what did they do?" And she goes, "Oh, I was just giving them shit, but um, th- they thought I was serious, but you know, we can hold our own or something like that." And but uh, they we had a good time. It was a good time. So th- this is like. I've been there twice and this is probably one of my
1: favorite breweries in town now. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny cuz I'd never even heard of them. You know, cuz there's just there's so many breweries around here that come and go and there's obviously the staples that we've done stuff from, but these smaller ones I'm less familiar with and going there that night and trying that rusted gold, I was impressed by that. I liked the the vibe of the interior, they had cool outdoor seating as well and I Want to go there later this week and pick up a
2: shirt for sure because I I am like you said, Garrett. They're becoming
1: one of my favorites quickly, and I mm. want to support them.
2: Yeah, same. I didn't know that they existed at all. So uh, especially being so close to to downtown, it's super convenient and uh, really nice space and good beers. And yeah, it'll be difficult to find this if you don't live in Bellingham. I think I don't think they actually sell cans out of anywhere other than their brewery
0: no they don't have upcs on their cans that i think that they only do uh, oh yeah cans and growlers out of their brewery um who knows you know that we have uh several tap houses um in what in in like the three cities <laughs> north and south of us but you know maybe they'll feature at one time but yeah if you are in the bellingham area or you live in Bellingham. And you like beer, please go to Structures. Uh, great people, great beer. Um, so, yeah.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> um, well,
1: who, who's going to regale us with the tale of Beer Advocate? I, I was real fast. I was just trying to figure out when they opened. And their Facebook uh, page, their most recent post is from April of 2020. So, they just, they're not very uh, active on Facebook, at least. Uh, but they are
2: active on Instagram. Okay, so.
1: I do see a poster here from November of 2018 that says it's their th- third anniversary, so they must be 2015 is when they opened. Okay, I wonder
0: if they've been at that location for that long because I feel like a complete failure of not knowing about <laughs> right? them for
1: what that was their third anniversary five years. Yeah, well, no, that was th- in 2008, so it would it would be oh wow, seven. it'd yeah, be seven 2015, years. right? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I don't blame you for stopping your clock at 2020, though.
3: So,
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wonder if they've been there. It is slightly out of the way. And for, for being downtown slightly out of the way probably means you're never going to walk by it because it's like one block away from where all the like main stuff is happening. And so it takes a, a teeny bit of exploring to find it, but the barest, slightest amount.
1: Um, it, it's in a part of town that I am never walking near. And whenever I'm driving there, I'm driving directly past it. I'm never stopping anywhere near it. So I think I've just never even looked in that direction before. That's fair. But Um, that will change because I really am enjoying this beer. I think it's really good.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, I will, uh, as the picker of the beer effectively, uh, I will, uh, take, (laughs) charge on this uh, beer advocate review that garrett found uh, this is from john m from oregon total score 4.14 out of 5 which is a 10.1 percent deviation above the norm uh, look 4.5 smell 4.25 taste 4 feel 4.5 overall 4. many thanks to at beer tunes for a can of this nectar The beer pours a golden, slightly hazy amber color with excellent head retention and impressive sticky lacing all around. Uh, I can confirm with all all of those things. The the nose isn't half bad either, as I pick up a fair amount of tropical fruit, lime, and oat cereal. The flavor profile replicates the nose, but isn't quite as in your intense and in your face (laughs) Mouthfeel is medium-bodied, but with a very clean, crisp, moderately long finish with noticeable bitterness. Alcohol is very well integrated into the flavor profile, and drinkability is excellent. I'm generally not a big fan of so-called session IPAs, but this is excellent, especially given the ABV, this would be part of my regular rotation. I don't know, when I was talking to you about it, Nick, I wasn't
1: even 100% sure what a session IPA was, so I think this might be the first one I've ever had.
2: Yeah, I uh when we were first starting to do this podcast, I realized that my knowledge of beer was woefully slim, so I watched I believe it's Wired uh did a video uh partnering with a master brewer uh talking about the various types of uh beers that exist. And uh session as terminology uh was brought up there and that's how I know what it is.
1: Okay interesting yeah i i mean as i mentioned i really like this beer i think it's really tasty it smells great as we mentioned when we cracked open the can i think garrett and i both at the same time were like wow this smells good
2: and i was thinking that as they were saying it um that was before we started recording but yeah we were because we usually to avoid the can crack sound um uh do that first but man it was it was from the moment you crack the can you can smell the fruitiness
1: Mm -hmm. it's not particularly bitter it's got a nice um kind of fruity flavor i think uh in it it's got like a small hint of bitterness as most ipas do but it's definitely not anywhere near what i would call a bitter beer yeah i think
2: this review is great um it's kind of right on the nose about a lot of things um uh, the the phrase noticeable bitterness is perfect because you notice it but it's not it's not overwhelming at all yeah Yeah.
0: that is that is damn tasty my take a few more sips zach in lieu of a dad joke this week uh why don't you just tell us about your favorite athlete ever
1: yeah we'll Uh, sit back and relax for those who don't know me i am a massive seattle mariners fan which is unfortunate because they suck often yeah and (laughs) i like to put this in perspective for people which is that the last time they made the playoffs, I was 11 years old, and in a month, I will have an 11-year-old child. So that's how long it's been. It's painful, <laughs> but hopefully uh, this is the year, which is what I say every year. So, But yeah, um, growing up, <laughs> uh, Ken Griffey Jr., he was the man. Everyone loved him, not just Mariners fans, but every person in the country pretty much loved Junior, if they were a baseball fan, because he was just he was he transcended like you know, just a, a, a star for your team, he was a star for the sport. He was fun to watch, charismatic, and yeah. uh, as a fan of the Mariners and as like a seven or eight year old, that caught me, you know, in a tremendous whirlwind. And uh, I collected a lot of, of junior memorabilia over the years, and eventually, my I mentioned I have a, a tattoo of his, his jersey number on my arm, and that was kind of a silly thing. And came home one day from work, and my brother in law was at my house, and him and his friends were tattooing each other. Oh man. And they were like, Do you want something? It's like, Not really. And <laughs> like, Are you sure? I was like, Something small <laughs> that I can cover if need be. Yeah. One so. word he walked in and said, Griffey.
2: That's that's pretty <laughs> impressive work for an amateur tattoo. Like the the line work is pretty even. It's not not terrible. I it's mean it's not small. good,
1: but it's not terrible, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um
1: but yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah, I mean I I uh Junior's a a very favorite of mine when MLB the Show 2017 came out, that was the year they had him on the cover and I like got the MVP edition with the steelbook case and stuff, even though I didn't really care that much to have it. I just wanted the actual case. So Mm -hmm. picked that up. And uh, (laughs) I used to have all of his games, but unfortunately uh, I lost the N64 ones when I moved a number of years back. But Uh, I got to pick those up again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I never cared that much about sports growing up, but I still knew who Griffey was. And uh, there is if you want a detailed history of him as well as the mariners as a team um uh the youtube channel secret base uh which at least used to be and maybe still is uh the youtube site of uh sb nation uh the website okay um Uh, they have a series called Dorktown that is statistics based and, uh, like uses statistics to analyze and tell stories about sports. Uh, and there is a whole history of the Seattle Mariners series. So, Ooh. uh, definitely go check that out. You can find it all in one video. I have not video. seen that, so I will now watch this. <laughs> it's well, good. Uh,
0: as somebody who's watched the unauthorized, uh, story of the Bash brothers, I say that the Bash brothers are far superior to Griffey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: how dare you i mean there's two of them it's just two on one can't can't wait it's win. true yeah who they're did, both who, steroid who, users so yeah who, who, <laughs> who bashed
1: who bashed their forearms with ken uh ah, griffey edgar Martinez did
0: oh yeah okay. kitty probably i need, not, I need but... photographic evidence and i need at least three <laughs> essays on my desk by noon tomorrow zach uh
1: i on don't it. write essays anymore garrett <laughs> i'm the
0: one writing I'm essays far these out of days. school
1: at this point in my life <laughs> yeah it's
0: easy now. You hit the microphone button and you just start rambling, and whatever Google puts on your phone, that's what you text to me. That's your essay. And come on, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the YouTube auto captions version of essay writing. Oh, that, that sounds would, great. That would be great. Oh, I'd love to see that. It's like when robots write. Like, uh, uh, man, this is becoming just things I like on YouTube, but um, uh, Netflix is a joke. The Netflix comedy YouTube uh, channel has some short videos of like so-and-so written by an AI. Um, so it's like mm. romance movie written by an AI and it's just like three minutes of, uh, just basically nonsense that they, um, they had an AI write the script and then they animated it. Wow. It's, it's <laughs> <sounds> delightful. Great. <laughs> well,
1: I, I did want to mention, uh, speaking of the show, so I've been playing some of the show 22 and when you play the a character mode that they call road to the show, between your your days of play, so when you hit your off days, usually it'll show a little clip of like a podcast where they're analyzing and talking, usually in reference to your player. And uh, King Griff Jr. makes an appearance in this year's, and I was like, oh, ah! like he's in it. Wow. <laughs> Just like a little giddy child whenever I saw him.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. So um, excuse my ignorance, but is, is Griffey still with us? Yes. Okay. He's not that old. <laughs> okay. I thought he might be one of those athletes with, like, a tragic story where he was taken from us too soon, but no. I mean, he has
1: a tragic story of the fact that he could have been potentially, like, the home run leader of all time if he hadn't gotten injured every year of his career after a certain point, basically, but he still ended up with 630 home runs, which is pretty freaking insane for how often he was hurt. Yeah, that's great. But, yeah, I mean, people is... There's a lot of what ifs tied to his statistics because he was injured a lot in the second yeah. half of his career, and
2: it, it's he... pretty pretty incredible. Like the the story I'm thinking of the sort of tragic sportsman story I'm thinking of is Ayrton Senna, who is still recognized oh, sure. as one of the greatest F1 drivers, uh, and he died like five years into his career, and he still has records that are being like people have taken many more years in the sport than he did to uh, to break them so yeah it's 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 always fascinating it's sad but fascinating to think about like what would these numbers have been if things had gone better
1: right yeah it's crazy to think about that stuff um one last fun fact which is that in I may get correct on this but I'm pretty sure that when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, he had the highest ever voting percentage to get in, which <laughs> was then broken. It's been broken since, but at the time, it was the highest ever. Wow, and it was, nice. I believe, one vote shy of perfect. And wow. there's always, with the Baseball Hall of Fame, the writers are a bunch of assholes, and they're always like, nobody is perfect. Nobody deserves 100%. And so like because they know so-and-so will get enough votes, they'll just write no. <laughs> oh. Anyway, just... Just to be
2: dicks. That's so rude. So it's
1: like, wow. they'll be like, Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, he's a shoe in so I'm just going to put no.
2: Oh, geez. It's stupid. It's the worst.
1: Well, thank you for informing
0: us and our listeners about Ken Griffey Jr. The I could go an entire 24. podcast, so we should stop before I do. Excellent. Well, and we're going to move on to uh, what we've been playing or what we've been <laughs> collecting And, uh, Nick, why don't you go first? What have you been up to?
2: Sure. Well, mine is a continuation of a couple of things that we talked about last week. Um, one is Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, which I played more of and actually finished. Man, I'm having a hard time, uh, keeping my mouth from watering as I'm, (laughs) as I'm drinking this. I'm like, I just need to keep swallowing all the time and I feel like it's coming through on the microphone. So I'm getting (laughs) self-conscious.
0: Hey, it's all right. You'll have your uh, your mouth dribbles and my nose whistles we'll <laughs> Yeah, at each other. Maybe we'll have a full song this time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or- orchestra of face It's like it be a one-way
1: love ballad. It'll be a response. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a response. Amazing.
2: Um. Yeah, so Baldur's Gate, I finished. Uh. It was pretty good. I I feel like I'm going to make some people mad who played this when it was... Uh, when it was new and really enjoyed it and have a lot of nostalgia for it but uh, I, th- I think that the thing that makes Baldur's Gate especially cool is that it is a pretty decent analog for D&D as, as a game um, and in its sort of like tabletop uh, or like kitchen table way of just like playing with your friends having a half- hack and slash adventure having a good time Uh, There's a lot of different, like, companion characters that are all a little bit interesting, but not super interesting. Um, Not super fleshed out, I should say. Um, And the story itself is pretty straightforward. Uh, And I think the fact that I, the first Infinity Engine game I played was Planescape Torment really kind of spoiled me on the whole concept because like I've compared torment to like a Thomas Pynchon novel and this is like kind of a pulpy adventure book uh in in comparison it's it's fun but I have a feeling that a lot of the fun is in the mechanics and the mechanics being a d and d uh are just outdated and I would rather be Playing something with with more current rules like Baldur's Gate 3 with the 5e rules
1: isn't um so I think one has some like obviously people love it but isn't two the one that most people really uh when when they're thinking back they're like that's the one
2: I think so and so I should I should give that a try I should continue through uh when you finish Baldur's Gate 1 in this collection the um the enhanced edition one and two pack uh it uh it, it barely uh doesn't even kick you out to a menu after the credits it just puts you straight into siege of dragon spear the um uh the expansion and oh interesting uh and so it uh it's it's kind of cool actually cuz it it feels a little like an epilogue um so i might play that i might not i may end up just skipping ahead to uh uh to the second second game but uh i may also just take a break from it because i feel like i'm not really getting the most out of it and like what i'm looking for out of it is maybe not what it's going to give me um yeah but maybe baldur's gate 2 is a little closer to that because like torment is thoughtful and philosophical and has really super fleshed out companion characters with very different personalities and goals and uh i think i think i was just spoiled by that and uh wanted wanted more interesting writing
1: the only thing i know about baldur's gate 2 is that apparently you can die within like the first 10 minutes of the game and just like game over because you can there's literally like a door you can walk into and you just get killed
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's like well thanks for playing (laughs) that reminds me of uh the first time i played disco elysium speaking of planescape torment that's like the the real modern successor in terms of games that take RPG mechanics and use them to tell super interesting stories with great writing um uh, at the beginning of Disco Elysium the first time I played it I so you at the start of that game you wake up in a room unbelievably hungover in a hotel room um you have gotten so drunk that you don't remember who you are And so your first task is to collect your clothes, uh, and uh, your tie is hanging from a ceiling fan that's spinning. Uh, And I thought, okay, I'll just grab the tie. Um, And because of the way I built my character, I put most of my stats into mental and less into physical. Uh, I failed the check to grab it, which was like dexterity-ish based. Um, And uh, the strain of it gave me a heart attack and I died. So... (laughs) there you go i i i died trying to to collect my necktie
1: (laughs) i think you've even raved about it on the show but i i still need to play that game i i bought it on your recommendation i just haven't made time for it yet
2: but it's it's good it's weird it it takes a lot of focus and attention because it's a, a pretty alien world not in terms of the things that are possible in it but in terms of the politics and like the terminology and such um but it, and there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of choice it's fascinating it's just such a great game so i, I think it it, it too.
1: it's supposedly very well written right like the mechanics are not anything to write home about it's all the writing
2: no it's yeah. written
0: like a children's picture book <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah the writing the writing is incredible that's the main thing of it um and there's a lot of it and it's all voiced um i don't know if that was true in the original version but I,
1: it I don't think it was. I think that was something they added no. in the
2: director's cut, right? Or the yeah, final we talked cut. about they it. What call it? In, Final cut? Yeah.
0: I think it was the final cut. We talked about it in our E3 special that, um, yeah, they just were like, oh, here's a patch. Uh, all the lines are voiced now.
2: Yeah, which is amazing. And that's a huge deal because there's a ton more lines in this game than there would be in most games like this. Uh, they give you... Uh, so your stats, instead of being just a thing that's intrinsically true about you your stats will talk to you and give you advice and the higher a stat is the greater a chance that it'll speak up uh and you can take its advice or not but um but it it will say things to you and every stat has a different voice so you have all these voices talking in your head telling you what it thinks you should do
0: Yeah, that's that's on my list of games to play on the Steam Deck, because I think that especially since it's voiced, like it's just I'm going to have it. It's going to be portable. I can pick it up and play. I find a hard I find it very hard to sit down and play those types of games in front of my computer, especially since I read a lot of text for work.
2: Yeah, yeah, for real.
1: So speaking of Steam
2: Deck, Garrett, do you know,
1: is the Epic Store confirmed to work or not work on the Steam Deck yet? um there is a way (laughs) yeah
0: there's a way that you can get it to work they don't officially support it and there are certain games mainly like multiplayer games like if you install a game through there but but i mean really the players (laughs) the 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 steam deck community and the linux community as a whole will have some type of compatibility later layer it's just your mileage may vary and when you start taking the game files into your own hands and making modifications, it's like, well, you know, right. maybe, your, maybe your saves don't work. And that's one of the big things that a lot of people aren't thinking about is your save data for games. So if you're using anything that's, su- that's supported by Steam, great. If it's been verified, it has cloud save and it even has the, the special cloud save where I could be in the middle of my game. Like, let's say that I'm playing Elden Ring on my Steam deck. And then I pause it, I put it to sleep. You it does can't like pause cl- Elden ring. <laughs> <laughs> Actually you can, you can. Um, not, not correctly. <laughs> so you, you, it does like a real time say, and what you can do is if you then go to your computer, you can tell it, Hey, it, it'll go, Hey, we've detected like an in progress cloud save. You can pull that in progress cl- cloud save and start it up again from, from where you were. Um, I don't know to what effectiveness I, it, it works, but I know that that's one of the features of the steam deck. But in general, most games will just do an automatic cloud save. So if you're if you're trying to you know manipulate these files and play these games that don't have like a direct Linux client for them, um, you have to remember that any of your save data you're going to need to like manually manage that and like move it over to your platform of choice.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't particularly love the Epic Store, but they have good deals and they give away free <laughs> games every week. So like yeah. my library has gotten pretty big. Because they'll have every once in a while like this mega deal where they're like, here's a ten dollar coupon, you spend over ten dollars, you get another one, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> and it's yeah, on it's anything.
2: Only... Like you could buy a fifteen dollar game for five dollars. Yeah, and they're yeah.
1: like, here's another ten dollar coupon. And I'm like, God, fuck
2: <sighs> you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few things that are like epic exclusives that I wanna purchase. Like I really wanna play uh uh Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin on PC, but I'm I have to get it on the Epic store and not that I have anything against it. It's just like, uh, okay, right. I got to load that up. And I know that I'm locked down to my PC to play it, which isn't a big deal. But now I find myself, um, especially with the things that I've been playing, I'm like, man, I'm so much more just going to like pick something up and play it. And I've been spoiled by X Cloud and switch that I can just like go somewhere else and play my game. I don't have to sit in front of my computer and, um, you're seeing yeah. the truth of handheld gaming. Garrett. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I not. It. It's not the. It's not the truth. It's more of an excuse, right? Because in my <laughs> particular day to day. Well, I mean, you, you can think about it this way, but most people probably spend in in most non physical labor type jobs spend a majority of their work time in front of a computer, in front of a screen, and so. I don't know what it is about the hand, about it being handheld versus playing it on a TV or playing it on a computer. But it's just, for me, it's more engaging. And for me, it just feels easier. And especially with the Switch, where you're just like, suspend, bye. And then you oh, come back a week best. later and be like, ooh, yeah. that's where I was. It's just oh, my battery nice died. And, Great. and easy. <laughs> it's, it's one of those quality of life improvements. You know, Nintendo does a lot of things... Not wrong, just backwards,
1: clunky. it clunky the um, Nintendo
0: way. That's the way they do it, <laughs> but they have they are they are innovators in some ways,
1: uh, you know, like, a lot of ways, really. I mean, yeah, you look at their history of, of consoles and whether it's been a success or not, they're always
2: innovative,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Nick, do you have any more? Uh, oh, you've got one more thing, yeah, to so to touch on.
2: So uh, thinking about Baldur's Gate and how it's probably more exciting to people who are going to get into the mechanics, um, which now there are better systems than AD&D out there. Um, So I thought, what is a game like this that's less about the story and more about the mechanics that I might enjoy Uh, and I thought back to our conversation and I started Divinity Original Sin um, which I won't talk about too much because I haven't gotten too deep into it but it's pretty cool it's pretty interesting the way that the combat works is very condition focused where Mm Like whether you're warm or wet or frozen or oiled or poisoned or whatever, um, those things matter a lot, and those can be applied to the ground as well. So it's um, it's pretty interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Magica, actually. The yes, the PC game um, in that way. Very much so,
0: especially when you start multiclassing and you're like, oh man! And if you have like a custom party, are you playing? solo or are you playing co-op uh
2: I am currently playing solo um yeah I have uh I have a I think it's like an enchanter and a wizard Uh um I I did some looking into who the party members were and the combat the like the archer and the melee um party members seemed like the most fun uh and so I gave my made my two main characters customized characters the wizards yeah
0: yeah it's it's fun you know there are some set folks that you get and they get their first class but um as you advance and level them up if you decide to have that many people because you can there's a perk that you can get called uh, lone wolf (laughs) yeah and uh the less members in your party the more health and attack damage you do um and it's exponential for each party member that you don't have so it it was broken in the original game so that's why we played on the hardest difficulty because uh uh eric and myself we did lone wolf um as player characters and it was just us two and we just (laughs) destroyed everything i mean we still had to be smart and tactical about combat but we were so buffed up that it was just it was hard for the uh, for them to take us down but um yeah i'm i'm excited to hear uh what you think about the game because i really really dig the combat system the story for me was just very forgettable it was just a vehicle to like you are the chosen one. Let's take you through these realms and learn about this thing. Like, There's some interesting things about the world, but the main focus, as as you know, is the gameplay. And I think the gameplay is very strong. And it has mechanics that evolve throughout because you start getting your source magic. And I don't think that you've even started to get into source magic yet.
2: I don't think so. I'm like level three. I'm barely... Uh, like I, I found a dungeon in the graveyard in the town. I mean, I'm doing a murder mystery investigation. And so, uh, that's about as far as I got. I did a couple of combat things in there and then ran out of time to, to play it for the day. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting back to that. I am having a lot of fun with it despite not caring about the story. So I think that's like, this is kind of what I was looking for, but I also got some familiarity with the characters in Baldur's Gate. Uh, there's a Magic the Gathering set that is... Baldur's gate oriented uh coming out soon and i kind of yeah it's in like a couple months right uh it is yeah it's like uh june 10th i want to yeah, say
0: that should be a sweet set just get me the minsk card that's all i want
2: yeah well it's a planeswalker now oh, damn it snap yep I'll, I'll have to send you a link to him um but yeah it's it's pretty great minsk is great he was in my party he was delightful. Um. Is great. His space hamster, his miniature giant space hamster. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's all. And uh, I feel bad for taking the time to talk about extra stuff when we could have made a perfect segue about Nintendo hardware uh, to talk about what Zach's been up to.
1: Yeah. I impulsively sort of bought a OLED Switch today uh, as of recording. Impulsively. <laughs> Dude, you've been grueling over this decision for weeks now. I have I say it was impulsive because I bought it on my way to work because I was at Fred Meyer the other day and I saw they had them in stock and I went oh these have been kind of hard to find so I guess I'll pull the trigger and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it like Gareth said I'd been thinking about it for a while because I have my my switch that I had was a um it was a launch model one. I got it 2 months after it came out and I've never upgraded it, so it's it's the V1, you know, without the better battery. And because it is five years old, the battery is kind of shot to shit at this point. It doesn't last very long. But on top of that, I have three kids who like to play on it, and they drop it and stuff. And so the, the case is all cracked and damaged and stuff. And, like, it still works. I have no idea how, but <laughs> I, it's been time for an upgrade. And so I, I convinced myself and my wife to allow me to get one and so i got the oled today and it's i mean the only difference i think is the screen and the battery but the screen is beautiful comparatively i put them side by side and i was like damn this is significantly nicer looking it's brighter and slightly larger yeah because of the bezel okay sure yeah they got rid of the bezel the the kickstand on the back is is different as well it's it goes the full length of the body instead of just being a little little finger oh that's nice that's very so, nice that's nice
2: um does it still hide the um the sd card slot underneath there it does, or is there yeah. is yeah. there a separate cover for that to make sure it doesn't fall out
1: nope it's just you pop the kickstand out and it's just slides right in
2: <laughs> okay well i haven't had any issues with mine even using the kickstand from here from time yeah. to time but
1: yeah, I have a replacement kickstand on my old one because my child ripped it off and lost it. So I mean, <laughs> that just tells you how, how beat up my old one is. But yeah. I was thinking it's either... So I had mentioned to you guys, we have now five switches in my house. Uh, my Uh My launch one that I had, my new one, and then we have three lights. My wife has one. My son got one for his birthday last year, and then the other two kids got one for Christmas a few years ago to share. And so... I'm not sure if we'll let one of the kids have this one so they each have their own and they stop fighting, but I'm inclined to just make this one like a TV-only one because it is yeah. so beat up. I don't want it to get worse because <laughs> it does work and everything. It works fine, but we'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll just have a dedicated TV switch. I don't know. <laughs>
2: That's not but a bad I... idea just in case something goes Just in weird. case, yeah. But Nintendo hardware is always super sturdy. I'm, I'm not... Yeah. I'm impressed, but not surprised that it has held up to so much abuse.
0: I wonder what the uh, the IBUs on those Switch cartridges are.
1: <laughs> I've never tested it, but I've always been curious. Oh, it's I terrible. I don't care to. It's I, so I, bad. I don't care to. I've done Have it. You done it, Nick? Oh. Yeah. I did it
2: like the week I got a Switch because I, I worked I in retail. Tastes, <laughs> yeah, I heard these taste
1: gross.
2: Yeah, I worked in retail, and I had to know... Um, like i felt like i it was my duty to be able to tell customers about what the switch cartridge is like in case they're like buying games for kids um like no i've tried it it's very bitter you're they're going to spit it out immediately um and it's it's not that's not a rumor it is truth it is truth uh absolutely uh there's a great great video um uh, giant bomb did a launch day it was either launch day or it was like day of um embargo lifting uh live stream with the switch and somebody asked jeff gersman in the chat to uh lick one of the cartridges and i don't think he knew uh, uh that there was a bittering agent on it so he licked. he was like uh okay and he did it it's like oh ah ah yeah um it's he better
0: I... lick the uh the the worst <laughs> launch game which is one two switch <laughs> i
2: think he I might wanted
1: that game for a long time and i'm really glad i didn't invest in it
2: yeah it's just thin it's it's a shame i've played it i did not buy it i'm glad i did not buy it um, yeah i was
1: like i was sold on the on the trailers i was like this was like a great party game and then i, I can't it might have been garrett who's like that game fucking sucks don't get it
2: <laughs> yeah it just doesn't have a lot going on um, i got zelda instead
1: oh good Mistake well, like, of the century. Yeah, for
0: <laughs> real. should have gotten Bomberman R instead. <laughs> oh man, it's Super Bomberman R. Thank you. Yeah, you can shut up. <laughs> just shut. Just shut it. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, so my my take on the bittering agent on Switch cartridges is uh, I think I actually did lick my Breath of the Wild, um, but it it wasn't obscenely and you got horrible. Of the wild. Yeah, uh, it wasn't obscenely horrible at. Uh, at the moment that i licked it but it stuck with me for like a few hours there was just like a metallic wow. taste on my tongue that i couldn't get rid of uh it was really awful so don't do it uh you heard it here to hear first do not lick your switch cartridges it's real so bad. what you're or, telling me or is do
1: it before <laughs> we do our beak bombs we're gonna all lick a switch cartridge and then down down the hatch are the
2: bombs yeah, yeah i, I there think
0: the sickness will ensue you know now we have
2: to do this on stream oh, okay. we've committed <laughs> <No> <laughs> I'm who's editing this episode take it out ah.
3: <laughs>
0: oh man well zach speaking of your new switch did you uh did you test anything out
1: of course i did mm. the first thing i loaded up was picross s great Boo. one of the best games ever It's very, love it. and then i immediately got stuck on one of the few puzzles i have left so <laughs> i've almost completed everything in that game and there's just like a handful that i'm just like just cannot figure out yeah i've sat there for 20 minutes just staring at a grid and i'm like my brain hurts i'm done with this now
2: i always get there with those picross s games i've played all all but the most recent one i've played all seven or six or i guess it is seven because it's six plus the uh sega one the sega one um and there's always like some amount of the last page of puzzles feel like they're impossible without guessing. And there might be some galaxy brain advanced methodology of Picross that I'm missing that makes you not have to guess. But I I feel like having to guess is like antithetical to the point of Picross. So I just kind of that, move on after that.
1: That's where I get to as well. I look at it and I'm like, I have no idea where to go next, but I know that if I guess, I might be able to get there, but I also might just waste a bunch of time filling out a puzzle that's wrong. And through sheer stubbornness, I turn off all hints, and so oh, I can't same. even like, get help to, <laughs> to finish it. I'm just like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. But it's supposed to be that you can figure out all the puzzles without any guessing, right? Like it's That's the way the game is supposed to be played, but I don't, yeah. I'm not good enough for that. I don't know. So I usually play as many pages as I can until I get really stuck, and then I just I'm like, all right, time for S (laughs) two, exactly. Just move on. Just have (laughs) these uncompleted pages. Yeah. uh, After After that, I downloaded a bunch of I re downloaded a bunch of my games, I should say, and uh, then I put in Catherine full body, which I had uh, mentioned picking up a few episodes back. I didn't get to play it like almost at all today, but I did start it. It's in there right now, and I thought it was very funny that it starts off like a movie introducing the characters in credits. Yeah. Made me me
2: laugh, but... And especially when there are like three characters. Yeah. It's Vincent, Catherine, and Catherine, and Catherine, because it's full body.
1: I was talking to Kale and Troy about it today at work, and they were saying how... They both loved the game and Kale played the original version and then got full body and played through that again. So Mm. both of them had very high praises for it. As I've mentioned, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm, I'm going to finally give it a try.
2: Yeah. I'll have to get full body myself. I think I made it about halfway into the PS3 version and, uh, fell off of it, got distracted for whatever reason. So I, it is, it is way cool. It is way cooler than you would think from the way that it looks.
0: (laughs) Well, it's on my list, my long list of borrows from Zach's library of everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Eventually, one day, maybe sometime, possibly, I will borrow it and play it. You have to I finish want to. the other
1: thing you're borrowing first. What? Mario and Rabbids.
0: Oh, I bought that for oh, like $10. That's great. They're like oh. the gold edition digitally, so you can have it back. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. you have to play it. It's so good.
0: I enjoyed that game for about
1: two hours. And then it's I was—I re- like, should say—it's really good if you ignore like what's it. outside of the battles. The outside battle part, I didn't really like that. It's much. No, it's fine.
0: not. It's not the yeah. It's it, exactly what Nick says. It's fine, and I would not choose to play it over other things that I want to play. Like I, That's I fair. appreciate it, but it's not so gripping, and the gameplay isn't so fantastic. It's like part random chance, part like I don't know part puzzle which i can appreciate but i yeah. it just wasn't it just wasn't for me but i'm glad that i spent 10 bucks on it and didn't listen to you and i had your copy sitting there and i was like whatever it's ten dollars i'll buy it so ubisoft got my sixth uh, of what they originally <laughs> charged for the game plus i got the dlc for 10 bucks so if i ever do come back to it i'll yeah. play
2: it i i should say i i said it's fine to the out of combat stuff i actually really like the combat it is less random chance than, um, than say XCOM because the the chance to hit is typically a hundred or fifty, um, uh-huh. and it's and it's not like ninety two percent, and then it feels and a big fat whiff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem with uh, Fire Emblem as well, and uh, I I think that Mario and Rabbits the the XCOM type combat is really excellent. And the stuff outside of it is fine. Um, uh, it it gets to a point where some of the enemies are a little... Like, it has really huge difficulty spikes is the issue. And that's that's the only reason I haven't finished it myself. I dropped
1: off of it because, I, because of the difficulty spikes. But also, I got really kind of just irritated by the out-of-combat stuff. But I did find the game charming and enjoyable for what I played. I, think I probably put... 10 hours or so into it before i fell off of it but i am hoping the second one fixes a lot of the stuff that i didn't like from the first game
2: yeah yeah if they smooth out the difficulty curve uh in particular there was an enemy type that can teleport around the battlefield so it was just impossible to take cover against them and that was really frustrating that was i think where i actually dropped off
0: the the enemy movements don't make sense is the part that didn't. So like the, like you said, with the hit a hundred percent or 50, I appreciated that. I think that the skills are really good, but yeah, the, uh, I would like play a battle and then sometimes I would reload it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want like the perfect score just because it is like a puzzle. And I started realizing that the AI is just like, they're like, well, you have these moves, well, whatever. And they'll just sometimes take the shorter path, sometimes not attack you at all. And so you'll have this setup of what you want to do, and all of a sudden, like y- y- one of your characters is dead because they, instead of, uh, I don't know, I-, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, explaining I, I get what well, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I felt if you played I felt the game,
1: like, you probably understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you <laughs> played
0: the game, but yeah, I was like, this is the end, the enemy movements are too random and unpredictable. Um, which well, you have to prepare I I, for any eventuality. I mean, it's a, it's a game, right? Like, of course, <laughs> like, but yeah, so maybe that's part of the difficulty spike that you're talking about. But yeah, there there just be enemy types where I'm like, fuck, I don't even want to play this battle. Like this is this is just annoying. Um, and, so
2: and like mobility in this game is kind of confusing if you're used to games like this already because of the way that you can like chain movements basically because you can uh you can go through pipes and you can jump on enemies' heads. Um, And different characters have different stats for how many squares they can move after doing one of those things. And so you can you can like cross the whole map if the if the circumstances are correct uh by like going your full movement to get to a pipe and going through the pipe and then you have a certain amount of squares after that uh which you could use to jump on an enemy's head and then bounce off of them to somewhere else you can move
1: across the basically the entire map if you chain it correctly
2: <laughs> yeah and so since the enemies sometimes can do that too uh if you're not like really in tune with the game mechanics you can get blindsided really easily
1: well after derailing us with talk of uh, mario and rabbits uh, yes. i've got nothing <laughs> else but i'll i'll keep playing catherine and i'll report back unless i get distracted by something else which is uh there's probably like a, a 82% chance that'll happen so which mm-hmm.
2: in xcom terms means it's 100% chance that it will not <laughs> that it, yeah you'll miss yeah exactly <laughs>
0: And even ninety nine percent is a miss. It's a hundred percent or nothing always.
1: So Garrett, I see what's on on the sheet here, uh, uh, and I'm curious which of these you're going to go for. Well, of it's course I'm going to go
0: for yeah. I'm going to go for made banana bread with banana bread beer featuring authentic grass fed bananas.
2: <laughs> which I'm skeptical if you even put that on there. If that's Zach making a goof.
0: No, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> as you can tell by Zach almost spitting beer out of his nose, uh, that was definitely Zach. We like to write each other uh, a nice little, a little fun note sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, I have two really quick ones, and then uh, mention of a, a project uh, and a listener and a really good friend of mine. So, oh wow. Um, we a few weeks ago talked about the announcement, the teaser of Street Fighter Six and then the Capcom uh, arcade fighter collection that's coming out in June. Um, I have the Capcom beat 'em up collection and I'd never played it on Switch. I just I bought it day one when it came out and was like, oh my god, I'm gonna play this.
1: And so I picked it up and started playing it a little bit. Can I stop you real fast? What games are in that? I actually don't know. Oh my god. No. I was just gonna look at well, it. Well, this just a bit you don't have to name them all, but what, like what are the notable ones?
0: uh captain commando okay.
1: okay uh
0: fatal fury oh interesting no f- or is it final fight final Which fight is not SNK, fatal final fury final is fight. an snk game yeah it's final fight has great. guy and cody and hagar um there's another one there's like six or seven there's it's okay. not called cyberbots but it's the beat up of cyberbots um so you're in like giant mechs side scroller beat-em-up okay. there's like a really cool one that's like Ooh cyber blue or something like that and it's really cool it's got great combos um it's got a power up like level up system so as you beat up the more fantastically you beat up uh opponents you get coins that drop on the ground and then in between levels you actually get to level up your character and like mm. oh do you want to give them like a shore you can move do you want to um make it so that you hold the attack button and they charge up a laser beam, kind of like a Mega Man style. Uh, do you want them to have more health? Uh, so uh, it, it was it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed that. There was another one that mm. I played that was like True Warrior. And, and this is just I've, going from memory. But I've got a list was, for you if you
2: want. Oh, yes. go Fire off the list. So this is listed in uh, release order originally. Uh, Final Fight from 1989. Uh, Captain Commando from 1991, Uh, The King of Dragons from 1991, Knights Uh of the Round from 1991, Uh, Uh Warriors of Fate 1992, Uh Uh, Armored Warriors from 1994. That's the robot one. Yeah. And Battle Circuit, (laughs) which is from 1997.
1: Battle Circuit has nothing to do with blue. It's amazing. I've played two of these. I've heard of Knights of the Round, and I, the the rest I'm like I don't I have no idea what these are.
2: Yeah, well, this I, is I, the first home release for uh, both Armored Warriors and Battle Circuit. Okay, so they were arcade yeah. only for a real long time.
0: And yeah. I played through, I think five of those. Oh to wow! Like halfway halfway through the game because I mean it's meant to be in an arcade. And they're quarter-eater games. So they're yeah. meant to be super hard. hard they're, you're, look, meant, yeah. you're meant to die, and then you press the start button, you get another quarter, and then you just keep going, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's fun. You have save states, so you can save at any point in time. So I played through a smattering of them. Um, one of my favorites was uh, Captain Commando, because Captain Commando is in Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Captain Commando, Capcom. Ah, right? uh, yeah. Um, so they have uh, the cast of that game just... Oh, it's so funny. So there's Captain Commando, of course. Great. Uh, Captain Mummy, uh, <laughs> which is a, a hip-hop mummy uh, with uh, two knives. Uh, Captain Ninja, <laughs> which is just a ninja with an orange headband. Great. Uh, and then the best character, Captain Baby. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is a baby in a mech suit, <laughs> <laughs> like controlling levers to, like, punch and kick. Oh, it's it's great. Um Wow. Yeah, it's got some of the coolest art. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, <laughs> the, it's hard coolest, to see. I'm,
2: I'm holding up the uh the image of the poster, but it is delightful. All of them. Captain Mummy is the coolest. Um oh, let me Can't say
1: that about Captain Baby.
2: <laughs> I, I know but, uh, I'm doing him
1: dirty.
0: I played uh Warriors of Fate a little bit, which was interesting. You start on a horse. Um And until the horse dies, you could just like jump on and off the horse at will and you have like super powerful attacks. Um, It's From from Super Mario World. It has like six or seven. Yeah, Super Yoshi, right? Uh, (laughs) It's it's got like six or seven characters. But yeah, it's fun. And what I really want to do is sit down and play it with somebody rather than just play it by myself because it it was pretty cool. Uh, I played it for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And I had a lot of fun. And I was like, cool, this is I don't want to go all the way through each of the games. I just kind of want to get a taste of them and then, you know, uh, have somebody over and, and play them. Yeah, like, that's because
1: beat them up games are only fun to play with someone else.
2: Yep. I, th- I think that's. I played I, so I much Castle like... Crasher
1: solo. <laughs> I do not enjoy beat them up games
2: solo, but I have a blast when I play them with people. I yeah. generally don't either. I think Streets of Rage 4 was a bit of an exception because the mechanics are just so solid in that game. But definitely, they're so much better cooperatively. Um, Yeah, it's they typically don't have a ton of depth to them, which is my issue. But if you're playing with a a whole lot, yeah. But if you're playing with a friend, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Castle Crashers and Scott Pilgrim broke me of that because I'm like, oh my god, you level up, you actually get different moves. There's stats, you know. There's multiple characters and they all have different powers. But yeah, no, these classic ones are definitely. Your straightforward, um, just smash, smash. Uh, most of the, most of them only have attack and jump. Those are the two buttons. That's mm-hmm. it. So um, they're two button
1: <laughs> arcade games, and that's all you get. Not to side tangent too much here, but I just wanted to make a point that I love as a fan of like retro games. I love all these collections that have come out in the past few years, like the Konami collections of Castlevania and like Contra. You've got this these Capcom collections coming out it's great because you get all these experiences for games that are not usually terribly expensive, but you know, they're inaccessible and you can play them on like your switch and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like it, think of the Castlevania collection it often goes on sale for like five bucks and it's just loaded with just amazing games.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like the Castlevania Advance collection that just came out, those games are quite expensive and they're almost yeah. all excellent. Like they're, they range from good to incredible um, I
1: guess I should clarify. I was talking about the regular Castlevania when I said five bucks. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the, the advanced one hasn't gone there yet. But uh not yet. Uh, but not you to also derail, get the yeah, I love these collections.
0: Get, Please make more. Yes. You get the galleries and all the art and everything, at least in the Capcom. That's the first like I think big collection I've ever played like that. And I went through it because I'm like, oh I'm gonna get a taste I wanna get a taste of how they do it because it's the same studio that's doing the um, um arcade fighter collection. So oh, what it's studio just so is it, cool. Know? i don't remember we talked about it before
2: it's not dimps is it that was the
0: one that did the snk yeah um,
2: and like the konami ones are done by m2 who
1: are incredible M2 is amazing they're like i think they're the standard bearers of of this kind of emulation collection thing
2: they really are and there is a lot of cool like concept art and manuals and things i love like reading the japanese manual for uh for like kid dracula in the castlevania collection
0: (laughs) The beat 'em up bundle is developed by Capcom. Okay, oh, okay. so it's just a team um, inside Capcom. Yeah, it must it must be um, an internal team because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Steam page. I looked at the wiki, and it's um, Capcom. So it's internal Capcom folks. Which um, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago that uh, th- uh, they're going, they're currently going through their archives and like on their Twitter. If you follow Capcom, uh, at least Capcom Japan, they've just been posting art from the 90s that's so cool i'm gonna have to look it's so awesome i would definitely recommend um if you ever if you have an appreciation for for art uh or uh video games from the 90s arcades uh go check out their twitter it's it's full of them they're just like oh here's like 15 art pieces that we pulled from our archive and are digitally uploading them so everybody can enjoy them it's it's very cool i do Um, love
1: these so i mentioned these collections that have come out recently obviously these have been a thing for a long time you know like namco museum for example has been around forever and that's just a collection of old games but we're now hitting the point where they're making collections of games i love and so it's particularly meaningful to me but the the first one i can remember did you guys do the rare replay yeah collection at all like that was the first one where i was like oh my god this is incredible it's got just a lot of stuff the the history components of it and then also just the games
2: are great so yeah mm-hmm. at least a, a lot of them are and the a lot yeah not all of them obviously but a lot <laughs> yeah. of them. jetpack commando or whatever <laughs> what was that
0: What was that? yeah name? it's like jetpack commander or something yeah
2: yeah but but like the 360 games that are part of that collection which was 30 dollars on launch it was not much um those are worth the price of entry alone like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts that's worth the price of entry alone like man
0: i've been wanting to replay a cameo i played cameo when it <laughs> came out on the original on xbox 360 and i remember it being like i've never played that dumb, game dumb fun yeah you're like a fairy that transforms into different monsters of the region and you're like taking on this like evil wizard it's very very like banjo kazooie light it's more of like a, a tech demo for the 360 than anything exactly but it's it's, it's like it's look at all this fun. bloom
2: lighting look at what we <laughs> yeah. can do with textures now
0: but i immediately when i got that game played conquer's bad fur day like i just it's, <laughs> how how silly and just the, the gameplay is not great, but it's just silly. And I have a lot of good memories with that game. Cause it was like the, one of the only M games on, on N64. And I remember like playing it for, you know, 20 minutes or something at a friend's house. And I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. And then played Conker's live and reloaded when it came out on Xbox. And, um, just some good memories.
1: (laughs) I have a a ton of memories of playing that game four-player multiplayer with my friends and there's a lot of different game modes in there like storming up the the pathways to and two people are the squirrels and two people are the teddies and they're just you know you're, you're trying to survive and then you've got the mode where you're in the tunnels and they're you know you activate the poison gas and obviously you know the game is hilarious and goofy but I was on the Ultra 64 episode when they played that game and I was like this is ruining this for me like this game has aged so poorly <laughs> it's just not fun. No. But I was uh, I was a little sad at, at how badly it had aged. Well,
0: the uh the other thing that I'll touch on real quick, I played it today. Um I've been waiting for it to come out of early access. Uh small indie developer uh or who's the developer? Bite Barrel. Um it's called "Forgive Me, Father." Yeah, and I had my eye on this because I—I I don't remember if it was Kickstarted or not, but there was an early access trailer for it. And every Friday for the past three years, I've been playing um, Call of Cthulhu tabletop um, RPG uh, with my friend Drew, who's been the the keeper uh, of that. And so he's gotten me into HP Lovecraft, and and we've been uh, investigating spooky stuff and losing most of the time because it's a very hard, very punishing game, but it's still very, very fun. And, and I enjoy like the mythos and and the lore and all the crazy stuff that comes out of it because it's public domain now. Mm-hmm. Um, but forgive me father is, um, it's like doom is like the style of the game. It's an unreal engine, but everything is like a 2d sprite, like a really high res 2d sprite. Um, the The environment in the world is 3D, and it looks like a comic book, which is very interesting. Um, you can play as either a priest or a journalist, and um, the story is different for each. Like, the motivations are different for each, and it's got a lot of uh, Cthulhu flair in it. Like, there are these little things on the walls or on the ground that you can, like, pick up, and they're, like little notes and little novels. And it really reminds me of like the hints and clues that you actually get in the tabletop game, which is really, really cool. They have some really fun cutscenes, really fun monsters, but you level up. Um, so as you kill enemies, you level up and you can sprawl out on your your tree. And some of the crazy things you can get are like Cthulhu weapons. Like you start off with <laughs> like a sawed off a, a, a double barrel shotgun and you can evolve it into like, it has like tentacles wrapped around it and then it shoots like a scatter shot that like bounces off the ground. So you've got like different pathways that you can take for how you want to engage in combat. I mean, I, I made a Tommy gun into a laser cannon. Um, it's just, (laughs) it's just crazy, but it's fun. The soundtrack is really, really good. Uh, I think it's only like, what, like $15 or something like that. It's, it's Um, 20
2: normally, but it's currently 15% off as a launch sale. Um, there you go. Yeah, I this game looks really cool. I uh watched a video of uh guy we are a fan of Matt McMuscles playing this uh since it came out of early access. I think it was actually a sponsored video, but um, uh it looks really interesting. It is uh it it has a really interesting art style and the the world is super cool. Uh I I should say H.P. Lovecraft was a horrible racist person uh but yes he, there is there is no mistaking that the type of horror that he captured like he was he was a man who was afraid of everything and that came through in his writing really well um yeah uh and i i am so happy to see that kind of stuff being like that world being explored by all kinds of people these days um uh there's a novella i recently read uh called the ballad of black tom by victor laval that is uh, uh lovecraftian horror um and like victor laval is black and the protagonist of that story is black and hv lovecraft would have hated that and something about that makes me very happy <laughs> that <laughs> well, like
0: look no further than what is it is it cthulhu country Oh yeah, is that what it's called uh, uh, HBO.
2: I think it's Lovecraft Country. Oh, Lovecraft Country. There you go. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've heard it's very good. I haven't watched it yet. Um the person who runs it says that it's not good and that the book is better, but oh. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the book is better in most circumstances, right?"
2: Yeah, that's 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 true. But it does look pretty cool. I've been meaning to read the book and watch the show. But yeah, yeah. uh it's I I really like that kind of horror as well and like even Lovecraft stories are like definitely excellent it's just it has some baggage to it uh keep keep that in mind um just (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) well this game has really excellent sound design um it has the this creeping chaos kind of thing like you'll be alone in a dark like darkness is part of it you have to hold down right click in order to hold up your lantern um to actually see things sometimes oh i love Um, that And you can choose to spend skill points to, like, make your lantern brighter and, like, be able to, like, see in the dark. But (laughs) you're spending skill points on doing that instead of either doing more damage or holding more ammo. So And and you get, like, all these crazy power-ups that are fueled by madness. Insanity and madness is a big part of that world and that mythos. So um, the fact that you get, like, madness tokens that you can spend on, like... I'm playing the priest right now and you can heal yourself by holding up a cross like a holy symbol and you like slowly heal yourself or you can open the Necronomicon and become invincible for like eight seconds. It's, it's just, it's bonkers, but it's got a metal as fuck soundtrack. That is awesome. That rivals that of like doom. 2016 It's very, very fun. So
1: cool. So you said this game plays like doom. Like it's got a similar perspective Mm -hmm. is the art. You know, the game project warlock. It does have a similar art style to that.
0: I own it. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. Okay. When you were saying like Ooh.
1: high-res 2D textures, that's kind of what it made me think of. And it, I, it, I could not remember the name of the game, so I've been looking
2: it up this whole time. Trying to it remember, looks...
0: No. The characters look a lot more like a comic book than okay. this does. It's a lot right. more um, like a
2: 2D 13.
0: Oh, okay, sure. Kind of cel-shaded, kind of.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Interesting.
0: But yeah, looking at, looking at Project Warlock, I see what you're saying, and um, close close Yeah, Project quite. Warlock
2: is like it's high res, but it's still pixels, and yeah. this is yeah. definitely not pixels. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'll have to check this game out. Sounds I mean, I have no. Pixels, but you know, I have no like <laughs> knowledge or affection yeah. for the the Lovecraft stuff, but this sounds awesome from how you've described it. Yeah, it's, I'm a big it's, fan of Doom like games. So yeah, you've sold it's me on it. It's super
0: fun. It's super fun. I I, I really enjoy it. I, I um as somebody who likes to support indie developers, give them your 15, 20 bucks. Um, it, you will not be disappointed. Uh, I don't know how many levels there are. I beat world one. I beat like this. Br- there was a whole level that was just fighting a boss. And, and that was really awesome. It's got cool little story beats in there. If you want, uh, if you just want to go and kill monsters, you could just go and kill monsters and skip all that stuff. And it's still really fun. So, um, big, big thumbs up for me. And, um, if you, if you like if you like doom uh, check it out. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on really really quick I know one thing turns into eight um, <laughs> so doing a little bit of uh, did a little bit of woodworking over the weekend uh, with a uh, listener of the show and one of my one of my dearest friends Ian um he's a contractor carpenter extraordinaire and has like these, uh, wonderful, uh, mahogany deck boards that he, uh, m- that he saved from just being thrown in the dump, essentially, and so he made his own um, arcade. He saw he saw my fight sticks, and he's like, "Oh, I want to make my own arcade sticks." So he like built his own box, um, literally from scratch, and then bought the electronics and wired it all up. He's, and so
1: we've seen a picture of this, haven't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's on it's this, on the fighting say, Discord. This is familiar. I remember seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It looked so amazing.
0: That's, That's, yeah, that's, that's him. And so he, we were working on a project for my other friend and, uh, he goes, Hey man, I got spare wood. Do you want to build another box? And I'm like, is that a question? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, built the frame of my next, uh, arcade stick that I'm, that I'm, uh, making. So that's awesome. That will show up soon. I'll, uh, I'll get the, I'll get the when it's all done. I'll I'll ha, I'll post it up on on social so that everybody can see. But um, very very excited about that. Um, That's now so I've cool. just got to think about uh, what I what I want to do. Like all the what buttons do I want? What board do I want? What kind of joystick leveler do I want? Um, so lots of choices, lots of cool things to come. But um, that that will be up and around and alive probably before summer.
2: Nice, probably
1: before summer. That's very cool. Yeah. and then when you get mad you can just throw it and it's solid wood so it won't break. Yeah. I would never do it. It's
0: made <laughs> it's, out of beautiful very expensive wood.
2: <laughs> it's too pretty. It's yeah, too I pretty. you'll gently <laughs> set it down and then punch a hole in your drywall. God, the after the, chugging the, a p- monster.
0: the the controller PCBs are like 90 bucks because oh. the ones I like to buy are the universal ones cuz you could just yeah. plug it into anything. I mean, I, mean, I, I could I could so get nice. the pie board 0 which is great. It doesn't have as many features, but it's like, it works on PC and it works on switch. And then you have to like buy different adapters to make it work on other things. And not that I really plug it into a console. I just like the versatility of the universal board. Cause I, I just, I think I talked about it last week, bought a, um, usb to original xbox adapter and yeah. my universal fight boards that i've been building i hold down a button and i plug it in and i can use it on the original xbox i can use it on ps2 i can, I can literally use it on anything so um,
1: we, we have to test this theory we need to get an adapter and see if it'll work with super nintendo oh man okay
0: okay no anything no I mean, that it's
1: is, not a challenge i'm no, legitimately it won't. Curious it won't work on
0: super it won't work on super nintendo damn it it won't no Oh. um i think like xbox gamecube ps2 are the lowest
1: it'll go all yeah, right so it's... what you're saying is i have to buy those old shitty <laughs> super nintendo fight sticks please,
0: please don't or... I mean, there's not enough buttons for it to matter you just play on the regular controller
2: or you just play one of the numerous ways to play those games on modern consoles unless you're playing like yeah. Shaq Fu or something which i don't blame you
0: No, I'm never playing Shaq Fu. You can't make me.
2: (laughs) I I played Shaq Fu. uh, I'm sorry. Quote, competitively. Um, Oh my gosh, so did I. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, friend of the show Woody uh, uh, of Ultra 64 uh, likes to hold mystery game tournaments where you compete uh, in a variety of games that you do not know what they are ahead of time. Uh, and so Shaq Fu was one of them, uh, and it was very funny trying to figure out this old, weird, incredibly clunky game. I did
1: not win. I got annihilated in the button mashing contest. Yeah. Well,
2: it's
0: because
1: Voldo wasn't in it, so. <laughs> uh uh-huh. <laughs> No, but so the reason I want to do Super Nintendo, Garrett knows this, he may have forgotten, but I bought a, uh, a cartridge, um... Of a translated cartridge of a Japanese-only Super Famicom game, <gasps> which is Gundam Wing: yeah. Endless, Endless Duel, which that's I really want to play. Right?
2: Oh, that's yep. right. Yeah, it's still yeah.
1: yeah. on my shelf over here. I've yet Dude, to play it, so I'll just
0: play it with a SNES controller. You don't need an arcade stick for that. I know, but it
1: gives me an excuse to buy one or yeah. two. What? No,
0: have this cool don't. relic. But <laughs> they yeah, weren't built for that. <laughs> the arcade. The there were like three arcade ports and you don't even need them because they don't have enough buttons
2: oh here's a question uh can you play tmnt tournament fighters in a modern on a modern console is this there been a re-release of that or is that still Uh, the collection
1: yeah the one coming out might have it
2: that's right it's
0: it's coming out and it has the sega version this and the snes version
2: that's right that's why it came to mind because i was thinking i feel like there's a modern way but i can't remember and yeah it's the collection so soon
0: yeah, isn't it called like Turtle Pizza Time or something it's like that? the Cowabunga
1: collection. <laughs> 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 yeah, there you go. Turtle Pizza Time. Turtle Pizza Time. it's the same thing. That's what, <laughs>
0: that's what Cowabunga means to the turtles. It means Turtle Pizza Time. How turtle mean, Pizza
1: basically. Time. I love it. Uh, well,
0: great. we uh, have gone off the rails several million times, but uh, hey, what let's, else are you listening for? Let's do it uh, again. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do it again. Uh, Zach... So we, we uh, started the CoHops Discord. Um, if you would like to be invited to the CoHops Discord, uh, hit us up on any of our socials, at CoHops Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, sometimes Twitch, or email us, uh, cohopspodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you a Discord invite. But um, we've got a bit of a community over there. And Zach goes, well, let's test this out, and let's try to crowdsource a question, not via general social media but on this chat app and so we're gonna rapid fire answer some of these dumbass questions that came (laughs) out uh so nick why don't you just pick one and fire away
2: uh great um so i i'm gonna i'm gonna say this one because we've kind of informally already done this um tailwind says rank the from software games
1: kingsfield number one yep no
2: not really (laughs) i so i i cannot call to mind any of the from software games that are not um like the the only one that comes to mind that's not a souls game is 3d dot game heroes and then like of course ninja blade
1: okay let me let me run through a couple of the series i won't name all the individuals but we've got uh kingsfield armored core we've got (laughs) lost kingdoms atogi
2: We've got uh, wow! Oh yeah, Atogi. That's right. I want to play this. Enchanted Arms. <laughs> oh right, all. okay. Uh,
1: I swear there was uh, obviously the Dark Souls series, mm-hmm. Steel Battalion. Oh yeah, and uh, and then obviously Sekiro and Elden Ring. Those are the big ones. Those obviously so, much in so here besides let, that. But let's
0: shrink this down. Top three from software games in order.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Okay, sure. All right um yeah so i'll i'll start because i picked this um number three is probably dark souls one it's classic uh number two is bloodborne and number one is elden ring even though i haven't finished it i think it's still like i think it is the apex and uh close number four is sekiro i would say uh
0: number three sekiro i haven't finished it uh number two dark souls remastered mainly because Dark Souls 3 was my favorite and then they brought that engine over into Dark Souls 1 and made me enjoy Dark Souls 1 l- even more because of all of the refinements. So Dark Souls Remastered and then number 1 obviously Elden Ring.
1: Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's not ever finished a From Software game, I'm going to go uh number 3 Armored <laughs> Core. Okay. Number 2 Atogi. <laughs> number Itogi. 2 will be <laughs> Forever Kingdom and number 1 will be Kingsfield. Great. All
0: right, perfect. Thanks. Uh for my question uh <laughs> comes from Noodles. It says, "Why do you hate me?" Um and my answer is cuz I don't know you.
1: <laughs> Noodle Noodles is uh we've mentioned him on the show before. This is Brad from Canada, my old my old Counter-Strike buddy. Oh, cool. Oh,
0: hi. Hi Brad from Canada. From now from I don't hate you. I know ahead. who you are now.
1: Now we're friends. Well, as I said, I hate him cuz he doesn't like beer and he's Canadian. So Wow.
0: Well, I can respect that you don't like beer and I like Canadians, so <laughs> You're all right, noodles. <laughs> Nick, why? Nick, do you how hate do you feel noodles? about? Yeah, why do you hate noodles?
2: Um, I I love noodles. It's one of my favorite meals. I will eat them at any occasion. <laughs> there you go. Also, uh noodles. Your psychedelic Yoda Discord picture is pretty cool. So I do not hate noodles in any way.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Uh from Dragon Master Kale here. What is your favorite game battle system slash mechanic and why? Oh, man. Uh, It's not a
2: rapid fire one as much uh, as the other ones. Yeah. Uh, So I I joked in response to that and said Final Fantasy 13, um, which I do. Don't do do it, Despite
1: Kale. Don't do it, Nick. I
2: I do love that, (laughs) but I am going to say that in a way where I think Active Time Battle is such a genius like elegant way to make turn-based combat feel exciting and intense and to make speed a stat that matters. Um, arguably too much in the case of, I guess this is an active time battle, but like stuff like final fantasy tactics where speed is King. Cause you can just take a million turns before anybody gets to do anything. But um, being able to take slightly more turns then other folks in the course of a long battle can make all the difference and it's just it's so elegant it's so wonderful it's inspired by F1 which i love and uh yeah so active time battle which is kind of in 13 is is my answer
1: i'm going to say it, so in counter strike this has been a thing since the <laughs> first game okay the way that you progress quote unquote and get more powerful weapons is when you get a kill, you earn money and you spend that money at the start of the round. There's a, a buy period and you spend that money to buy a stronger weapon in early versions of counter-strike. You also had to buy ammo clips, which was annoying. They don't know anymore, but it's, I think it's a really smart mechanic because it doesn't allow you to have access to everything immediately, but you can earn your way up by doing well. And if you use different weapons, they have different amounts of dollars that you earn for each kill and so you're incentivized oh. if, if you need to get a stronger weapon, you're incentivized to like, say, let's use a shotgun or, or a submachine gun that's less powerful but will give me more money per kill so that then I can afford the rifle or the sniper, you know, one of those things. And, and that's a mechanic I've always really enjoyed. Hmm. It makes for strategic plays with economy, especially when you're playing in, in a competitive sense because you want to buy as a team or you want to force into a, a suboptimal buy to throw off the opponents who might be reading what your economic situation is like. And so it's it's more complex and deep than it seems on paper, but I think it's a really smart thing especially in the competitive
2: game, not so much in the casual game. Hmm, and like it and allows is that why... for counter picks and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: And is that why you and your team only only do deals? Deagles only?
1: <laughs> that's often for memes, but no, I mean that's that's a good I mean so for those who haven't played in a competitive sense, you start with eight hundred dollars. So you can spend seven hundred dollars on the deagle immediately, but it's not gonna be particularly <laughs> useful when you're against other pistols. But later in the game, when you're say lower budget, you're struggling, you've lost a few rounds, spend seven hundred dollars on a deagle, which you can get a one hit kill if you have good aim, then you earn then you start stacking up the money, right? So mm. I think it's a, a it's a cool mechanic that's simple in nature but really lends itself to complexity.
0: Neat. I had no idea. I just I knew you got money but I didn't know that there was that whole scaling factor depending on Yeah, and the, and the more
1: rounds in a row you lose, the more money you earn as a team. So hmm. it's like a catch-up mechanic in a way. Cool. If you are a terrorist and you die if you're killed after the bomb explodes you earn zero dollars for the round. So then you are fucked the next round. So there's there's a lot to it. Huh?
0: Interesting. Wow. Well, um, my favorite mechanic is one that I discovered how to properly use recently, which is burst. And it's not just in guilty gear, but it's in a lot of arc system works fighting games. It's it's, it has other names and other fighting games, but, um, what burst is? Uh, you usually have to hit a combination of three buttons at the same time, or you can just map it to a single button. Um, what it's primarily used for is like defense. So we've talked a lot about fighting games about like you just get juggled to death and there's no escape. So um, an example is in Dragon Ball Fighters or in like Marvel vs. series, you just continuously get juggled. There's nothing that you can do until it's your turn or like until your opponent stops attacking you or they drop their combo and then you have a split second to do something. Um, Burst uh, can be used defensively. So if you're getting comboed and your burst meter is full, you can burst and throw them across the screen and get the pressure off of you. So you can kind of reset. Um, You can also use it offensively, so if you're going on offense and you burst before attacking an opponent, it fills your super meter. So if you're like, I've got a combo going, you burst in the middle of the combo to refill your super meter, and then you can either extend the combo or do like a really fancy finishing move. So there's a lot of nuance to it, and I originally only thought that it was for one purpose, like a get off me button, but um, it's become like central to my game plan about how I'm fighting somebody. And and if the, the fight is stacked against me or not, not necessarily stacked against me, but I am behind. It's a tactical decision to use that move because you're either gambling if they're going to drop the combo and then you're going to make the right move. Or do you take matters into your own hands, spend that special meter and then reset and kind of start in what they call neutral. So nobody has the advantage um, so that that's my favorite mechanic.
1: That's cool. I have no idea what it is that you were referring to. I like. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen it in action, but yeah. I have no like. I have. I can't picture it in my brain.
0: Yeah. M- most uh, most games, your character you can do it in midair or on the ground, but your character kind of floats in midair, and then like a circle explodes around out from them.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And is, it that pushes... in, is that in fighters?
3: N-
0: well. Fighters has something called Spark, which can that's what be I, oh, used that's what
1: defensively, okay. but yeah. it's
0: more of a catch-up mechanic. It does have a so, uh, similar animation, mainly because of the um, the company that makes that arc system works. But
2: yeah. um,
0: it's a completely different
1: mechanic. Okay, that's what I was thinking of with Spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that one's more of a catch-up mechanic.
2: Once we get you to play Strive, Guilty Gear Strive, yes. uh, it it's is installed.
1: Big. It's installed. Thank you, Garrett. Also Yay. for 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 the gift. But yes, it, it was it is secret, and I'm waiting. <laughs> it's a Secret. Everyone knows about it
0: no nobody knows zach has it (laughs) mysteriously Uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: yes it's it's secret
0: no i i mainly got it for you because zach's like oh man i can't play it because i don't have the game i'm like here now you have it and every (laughs) time i've asked him to play he's like oh i got plans i can't play i'm like you son of a bitch
2: (laughs) (laughs) i just have to make uh, it content we just have to stream it
1: yes i i want to play just i'm a busy busy boy yeah you're a busy guy yeah. Uh, I do see one other question on here. I want to. I want to ask. I think this is interesting. Uh, I'm really curious for for Nick's answer, Ooh. which is what's each of yours. What's each of yours greatest gem pertaining to your collection? That's weirdly phrased, but basically, what's what's your uh, collecting gem for? Oh,
2: games? oh man. Um,
1: while you think, I can name mine, which I didn't actually know about until recently, which is. The Mike Tyson Punch-Out for NES has, oh, yeah. this maybe not my biggest gem, but I think it's it's really rare, and that's why I think it's interesting. But it's it came with a letter from Mike Tyson, like not a real letter from Mike Tyson, but like a, you know a printed one, mm-hmm. that were apparently just thrown away. And the letter alone is like $200. Wow. And I had no idea, and I have a complete in-box one that I was just like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's... It's you know, a game I love and I played a lot of and, and it's somewhat valuable, but I was showing it to somebody and they're like, Holy shit, you have that letter. I was like, Okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then mm-hmm. they sent me like an eBay link of, of some sold listings and I just was floored at how expensive it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe maybe not the biggest gem, but it's one of the more rare things I have, I
2: think. That's that's really interesting. Hmm. Well, I, I think, I think I have to pick, I was trying to think if there's any competition for this. Um, but there's, there's one game in my collection that is worth drastically more than any other game that I have. Um, and I was actually just talking about this recently cause I, um, uh, I saw it for sale at a, a local retro game store, but, uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Path of Radiance, i oh yeah i decided at one point a long time ago um i i can check exactly when uh next time i look at the the case uh because i left the price sticker on it um the store i got it at uh they they put the the sticker on um when they put it out for sale, uh, with a date and then the price. Uh, and, uh, it was two days before I found it. And I decided at one point, like I'm in Seattle, I am sure I can find a copy of this game. I just want to look everywhere. And so I looked at kind of a lot of stores, especially in the university district in, um, uh, in Seattle, uh, right near the, uh, the university bookstore uh there's a handful of places there's pink gorilla which is fantastic uh and i was asking them like do you have this game they're like no but i think i heard that the shop down the street got one which is this weird it's like mostly like movies and cds is it owls it is yeah That place is cool. It is cool. And like, I went in and they were listening to the Smodcast, the uh, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier podcast, uh, which I actually listened to at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this episode. It was just weird to hear a place play a podcast instead of music. Um, (laughs) And yeah, there in the case, having been put there two days ago, was Fire Emblem Path of Radiance for $140. And uh, both my girlfriend at the time and my mom were like, man why would you ever spend that much money on a video game uh and uh just don't
0: understand
2: i know and then just a couple days ago i was at uh reset games here in bellingham uh and uh they were selling a copy which it made zach mad because it's less than he paid for it but they had it (laughs) for exactly twice that for exactly 280 and i thought yes i'm vindicated Um, but yeah, it is a fantastic game. It's very rare. It's for a console. I like the, uh, the GameCube, and I just, it's great. It is the gem in, in many ways. And it has a fun story with it. And it's
1: from one of your favorite series.
2: It is exactly. It's from, it has that added bonus, right? One of the only series that I actually try to collect physically, um, which I am, I'm currently one game away from having a physical copy of every U S release. Um, what game uh shadow dragon the ds1 oh so i have it digitally on wii u so i can play it if i want to but uh one of these days i i have yet to find a complete inbox copy and at this point because i could play it if i want to that's what i'm waiting for
1: Hmm. makes sense nice yeah
2: um i don't think that i have
0: anything particularly valuable in, in my collection uh as you all know I, like, downsized, ev- like, practically everything that I had to just a few things. I've been kind of collecting some fighting games, Um and then I am collecting, like, Monster Hunter games, which Zach has helped me a lot with. He'll just, like, show up, and here's, like, <laughs> here's the Japanese versions of these Monster Hunter games. I'm like, oh, well, these are really cool. Great. But... I would probably say something that I purchased that I've kept for a long time because it has value to me is I bought the collector's edition of Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh, cool. And it comes it comes in a big, um, oh, my God, Datacron <laughs> for all you Star Wars nerds. It's a data Datacron? Is that what they're called? Holocron? Holocron. That, I, I fuck, it was in my head, <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's called a Datacron. It's a datacron. Anyway. You got 50% so ho- there. Yeah so it's a holocron um but if anybody remembers or if you haven't seen it go and watch the original um launch trailer for the game uh, it, it was a so cg masterpiece and they have like the four protagonists on the outside like their full art on the outside Um, you open up this box. It came with a little, um, multi-factor authentication token, which I still have. It still works to this day. Um, it had, it has a full like star map of all the different planets that you go to before the expansions. Um, it has an illustrated journal from, um, a Jedi guardian who is like going through and kind of telling the story leading up to the start of the story of the MMO. Um, and then it has a statue of Darth Malgus. Um, who's like the the big bad, um, and you fight him whether you're Republic or Sith, um, wow. and so out of everything, every collector's edition that I've ever bought, um, I had so much fun with that game, and and ha- have and had such a love for Star Wars that I just can't I can't bring myself to uh, let it go. I don't think it's like worth very much. Um, I'm currently redoing my office, like I mentioned last week, and it's definitely going to go up. So, uh, if you guys tune in for streams, you'll, you'll spy it in the background behind me because it'll definitely be on display. I haven't had Darth Malgus on my desk in <laughs> quite some time, but it's been <laughs> just sitting and waiting. I think I still have the coupon in there from, um, uh, it's like, Oh, you get 20% off from whoever made the actual statue.
2: Uh, um, was it like sideshow?
0: no it's like little giants or something like that hmm. i don't i that's just off memory i think it's i think it's something like something giants hmm. um oh and it also has a soundtrack which that soundtrack for that game is amazing so i, I also have a, a cd of, of the soundtrack sitting in that box as well so um yeah
2: I have to mention while we're on the topic of uh, fantastic, fantastic collectors editions, uh, Halo Reach—the uh, collector's <laughs> edition for that—is another favorite of mine and of the things that I have, uh, because the journal in that, the like Spartan Project journal in that, is so incredibly yeah. crafted. Uh,
0: Doctor Halsey's journal. Yeah, I, g- I gave I gave mine to Zach. It's sitting over. He's gonna go grab it right now, yeah. but. The whole crate, I kept it and I had it for so long and I loved it and the diorama it comes with and all the different things. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) So I I gave it to Zach and I'm pretty sure that his wife – like when he brought it through the door, he's like, look what Garrett gave me. And she's like,
1: why? (laughs) Uh, It's in my – I just grabbed it. It's in my bedroom on top of my shelf. And uh, I think it's one of the coolest looking like statues. It's not – you know the the craziest high quality plastic or anything but it just looks so cool and detailed and i, I love it yeah it's really yeah. dusty right now though <laughs>
0: that journal that journal is a high point i remember i had been reading all the novels and then that thing came out and it was just completely unexpected and was amazing i remember reading it while i was waiting for the it, the the update to download <laughs> on day one
2: Ah, uh, yes what an era of video games But yeah, well, um,
0: (laughs) thank you. Thank you all for your uh, questions. Um, They were really fun, fun to go through and just kind of rapid fire through a bunch of them. Um, So again, thank you. Uh, I mentioned it uh, uh, earlier in the podcast, so I won't mention it again, but you know where to find us. Uh, We're also on Discord. So hit us up if you want to be part of that community. Mm -hmm. Um, Where can we find you,
2: Nick? Uh, I am at nprinzing on Twitter and at Nicholas.prinzing on Instagram. How about you, Zach? On Twitter at
1: Zach
0: And Twitter and Instagram at gmake16. Uh, thanks again for listening. Episode 37 is wrapped. Um, yeah, send us your suggestions, join our community, interact with us, and uh more to come this summer. Indeed. Thanks for listening.